You're listening to human behavioral expert Emmanuel Anthony, an inspirational speaker who has consulted with hundreds of clients worldwide, one-on-one and one-on-many, teaching, writing, and sharing advanced research that allows any human being on planet Earth to gain greater levels of fulfillment, empowerment, vitality, and purpose in all seven areas of life. Founder of Quantum Equilibrium, a company dedicated to expanding human and conscious evolution globally, Emmanuel has been blessed to work with teachers, doctors, therapists, entrepreneurs, businessmen, students, children, lawyers, parents, and much, much more. He has shared his message of love and gratitude live on television, radio, and online publications to large audiences. For more information on Emmanuel's range of products, workshops, live events, and services, simply go to www.emmanuelanthony.com.au. And welcome to podcast number six. We were taking guesses because we didn't actually know what podcast we were on. Yes. And by the way, for those of you that are wondering if you haven't heard any of our previous podcasts, that is my girlfriend and partner, Renee. Hello, everyone. Or also known as Bay in the Sweets and Bay vlog. Yeah, on YouTube. For those of you that don't know that we have a YouTube channel, so you can check that out. We do lifestyle and inspiration as well as medium to high-end accommodation yeah, and we'd love to get away and um, capture beautiful moments on our travel and you know what i mean we're doing relationship mastery but that's probably a, a really great intro in terms of that i've had so much fun and that's what i say when renee's around when she's not to say i hate it but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> i've had so much fun in this relationship and just before we were doing this we were actually doing a little bit of planning And I think one of the things that's made this relationship a lot of fun, as interesting as this sounds, is actually doing a lot of work. Yeah, that's true. We set a lot of goals together and um, really do the work to understand what each other is valuing at that particular point in time and also in the future and make sure we create an exciting future together. So it makes it so fun. Yeah. And what I realized is, you know, you're not always, we don't always get what we want in terms of the goals. But it's that team building along the way and going through those challenges together mm-hmm. and then coming out the other side and then knowing that we were both there through that. And sometimes it's together and other times, obviously, we delegate out. But I feel like that's one of the reasons why this relationship has lasted not only longer for me, I know because this is breaking a record for me. I think my past record, it's like two to three years or something like that. We're about to hit four in a week. Mm-hmm. But it's the quality of it because... You know, I, I'm sure I could have broken this record with um, many other women, but the quality wouldn't have been there. I would have been hanging out in the relationship. And to me, quality of life has been very important, almost dying eight times. So sustaining a high level of quality and appreciation and fulfillment, that has been probably the most exciting thing for me in this relationship. That's beautiful. So... Yeah, and today what we're getting into is relationship mastery. So obviously I thought this would be amazing to get Renee on here because having my partner in here, she can give you insights from not only a female perspective, but and a lot of clients these days that I work with, because they're getting an open and honest look at my life, Renee's become such an inspiration to a majority of the women that I work with. So I thought this would be an amazing way to really get your perspective and your point of view because I'm so often talking about you and even on the podcast, but now we actually get to hear things out of, you know, your own mouth. 
Yeah, which is great. And we get to just talk about openly how relationship works, which I think is um, we've got some great information and I'm excited to share it. Okay, beautiful. So obviously I'm an inspirational speaker and a consultant and I've been working with clients for the last six years. I've been really blessed to be able to share my work with Renee, who knows it inside out. And she's followed me around during workshops and seminars, but then she also started applying the work the first two, three months that we met. And it's created an amazing impact on your life to the degree where you've actually now assisted me with certain clients as well. And you have conversations and we we had this beautiful conversation after a concert we got invited to uh, or on the way there. I can't remember. I think it was on the way there. And uh, one of my clients wanted some answers in terms of some work challenges she was having. And yeah, and that was right down your alley. So I remember we were in the car and I organized to have the phone call while we were driving down there. And I literally, it was kind of like passing the microphone. I'm like, babe, you've got this. And you gave her some advice and she nailed it. Like mm-hmm. absolutely nailed it. Two days later, sent a message back. She's like, thank you and tell Renee I love her. I, you know, just got amazing results. So, you know, your growth in terms of the human evolution and development world has been absolutely amazing. And obviously your career and your advancements in your career and the level of control you have on your emotions is ridiculous. I've never dated anyone that's had anything like that. Um, and we've had those conversations in the past and Renee said, you know, she wasn't like that in the past. It was the implementation of the work, but that's exactly what it was. It was her dedication and implementation of the work. Cause it would, could have been just as easy for you to say, no, you know what? I'm just going to have you help fix my problems. But it was never that you, you wanted to learn how to solve things yourself. Correct. Work hard and get results. Exactly. So, you know, to start off with, we're going to be talking about relationship mastery. So if we really think about the word mastery, that means to have a high level of growth and to highly evolve within an area. We never really 100% master the relationship game. And no matter how well Renee and I get to know each other, one of the beautiful things about life is that there's always going to be more. And there's always going to be more things that we're learning about each other. So for you, what, what does mastery mean for you? Mastery is the goal, is I guess, your next step of evolution. So it's looking forward on what's the next sphere, like sphere of awareness that you need to grow and step towards. Um, and that will change over time. So mastery is continually working in that direction and continually developing. So yourself. for relationships, though, what does that mean for you? Continually working and developing the relationship so you have longevity in the relationship over time and also that you have higher quality over the relationship during the relationship on your whole journey. And you said something beautiful then as well, which is yourself too. So, and that's the foundations because you working on you is your foundation mm-hmm. and myself working on me is my foundation. And then we come in and help each other out as well. And then that creates what we're working on together. But strong foundations emotionally and mentally, I found definitely allows to work on higher end things. Whereas, you know, soft foundations or if we're just not managing our own lives and that becomes really hard because one of us has to really come in and overcompensate for the other person. And that's when you end up building resentment because you're not, you're not having you time, which is just as important. So we want you, if you're listening to this, to be able to master your life. We want you to be able to have a high level of fulfillment. And in order to do that, we're going to share with you some of the wisdom that we've applied from, you know, years and years of personal development, evolution and growth, and all of my studies working with um, thousands of clients and also the Martini Institute and Dr. John Martini. So one of the first ones is going to be setting realistic expectations. And I know this has been really important for me, but for you, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to set a realistic expectation? 
Well, every dream has goals. You can break that down into goals and you can break down every goal into bite-sized steps. So when you set realistic expectations, it's, okay, you may have this bigger picture dream, but what are the steps to get there? And each, if you pick steps that are actually achievable and you feel confident that they're within your reach, then they're realistic. And for me, realistic means that I'm seeing the goals of a balance. And in a relationship, it's so easy to come in and get infatuated with somebody. And I remember when Renee and I first met, uh, according to Renee, the first thing I did was I opened the door because we've been talking on um, Facebook. That's how we originally met. Well, actually, before that, we had met through a good friend of ours, Nina and Roy. And apparently we'd gone to the same birthday for like four years in a row. <laughs> we didn't right. even remember each other at all. But I remember we were, we started talking on Facebook and then, you know, we started talking a lot and you were living in Sydney and then you came to Melbourne around the Christmas period, probably three weeks or something like that after we've been talking. And I apparently opened the door and just kind of looked you up and down and which actually I did <laughs> and I did check out Renee. And for me, I actually thought she kind of lied to me and set me up because you know, I'd been on dates where the girls looked better in their display pictures than what they did in person. And Renee did the opposite. So I thought she looked really cute in her display pictures, but I thought she looked friggin' hot in person. So <laughs> when she came through the door, I was just like, wow, what the hell? I wasn't expecting that. You know, it was like I was expecting maybe a six and I got it like an eight or nine. So <laughs> it was just, it was so different. I was like, wow. So in that moment, it would have been easy to get infatuated because obviously the first starting point of any relationship is your infatuation where you see more positives and negatives, goods and bads, rights and wrongs. Um, it's like there's nothing this person can do that, um, you know, that you can't see as being wrong. But knowing the work that we've done and knowing the work that I was doing at the time prior to Renee knowing it, I knew that everything had two sides. And I also know that the relationships that have lasted the longest have always been the ones where we appreciate both sides. So we've in a very short period of Renee and I knowing each other, I, I started to look and say, what's the other side of this girl? What's the things that I perceive to be negative? And what are the positives about that? And what are the things I perceive to be positives? And what are the negatives about that? So I can have a balanced perspective because if you meet somebody that's been in a relationship for like 30 years, they're not going to go, oh my God, my partner's the most perfect person in the world and blah, blah, blah. And if you spend time with them, they're going to argue and they're going to, you know, work their way through things and they just live with each other. They're like a family now. It's like they've just gotten used to that space and they really appreciate the person, but there's a comfort where they can see both sides of them. And I wanted to have that as soon as possible. I didn't want to live in a fantasy because I wrote an article that said that the real relationship begins when the infatuation or the honeymoon ends. That's when you actually start to see the person. And I'm always looking to get into that stage as soon as possible because the infatuation is where I'll minimize myself and exaggerate the other person. But I, I didn't want that. Renee and I really, really clicked and I wanted to really appreciate all of her, not build her up. So for me, the first element of a realistic expectation in terms of a relationship is to be realistic as to who you are and what your values are and what's most important and meaningful to you and break the fantasies that I have in my mind or things where I'm putting you on a pedestal that allow me to minimize my self-worth and also not see you for who you truly are because when you love someone for who they are, they become who you love. So that was the first thing. Then secondly, setting realistic expectations along the way. So obviously, you know, if we're driving somewhere and we have nothing implemented or put into our GPS, 
then the reality is we don't know where the hell we're going. And I wanted to know where we were going. I wanted it to be real. So, you know, the journey along the way, I think it was like six months into the relationship, I asked you or something like that, which was, you know, what do you want in terms of kids? Where do you want financially and things like that? Because I wanted to set realistic expectations. I wanted to gather your thoughts. But if you had said to me, I don't want children, that may have been a deal breaker for me. Because mm-hmm. I know that's, that's it's not something I wanted straight away, but it's definitely something I wanted in the future. So that also meant not having the fear of asking questions and realizing that any questions that I thought were tough, that was just my perception. Because for you, that may not have been a tough conversation. And learning how to balance my perception so I could be open and honest, which isn't always easy. Um, that's me working through my stuff. But setting those realistic expectations, looking for both sides of whatever's happening in our relationship, looking for both sides of whatever goals we're setting for the future. Like we're now we're planning and researching what is involved with, you know, children and the costs and what we want to do and all of that. And that's all part of the realistic as well. And I believe that's been something that's really helped you and I grow our relationship. I've seen it in thousands of cases, but I feel that's something that's helped us grow it. What are your thoughts on that? It definitely has helped us grow it. And I think, um, you know, you're, you're so right to straight away when we started our relationship to not put me on a pedestal and vice versa for me not to put you on a pedestal. I feel like we were playing a fair game and through that we were empowering ourselves, but we're also empowering each other at the same time. And it's built a strong relationship. 100%. And that's been the fundamental in terms of what we do as well, which was, I, I want to be an equal with you. You know, I want to be equal financially, mentally, spiritually. I want to be an equal. I don't want to look down at you and feel like, friggin' hell, i got to carry this person. And I don't want to look up at you and go, this person's cocky or arrogant. But in order to do that, there's obviously been work. So I definitely feel that setting realistic expectations. And, you know, I meet people that are having divorces, been married for years, and they just don't have realistic expectations. They've got fantasies that they're dating in their minds of who they think their partner should be, and they're punishing their partners because they're not that, and they've been doing it for 20 or 30 years. Some of the times I have to remind my clients, being married doesn't mean that you've mastered the relationship game. (laughs) It's not the end of the road. Every single day, you're learning how to master another part of it. And there are people that I once worked with a lady that I think she was in her 50s. And by the time we were done, she goes, oh my God, I should have seen you before I got married because there are certain truths that you've taught me about relationships and how to communicate and how to see my partner and myself that they're fundamental in what you're teaching. But in 50 years or whatever it was, 30 years of marriage, I didn't know any of that. So I feel that the sooner that you actually get real about a relationship and get realistic about what's actually involved and the positives and the negatives, the goods and the bads, the rights and the wrongs and your perceptions, but really they're all balanced. By the time you do that, you've got to create a very strong foundation. And you're also going to feel that you can communicate as well because you want you, you get used to looking for more areas and going, no, what's this really about? What's this really about? Does that make sense? Thanks. So, yeah. So I hope you guys um, are joining the start of this, by the way. Um, we're going to get into deeper topics as well. The next one is investment and partnerships. And by the way, Renee's also got the script here, so feel free to take over whenever you want. Renee's kind of playing um, a little bit softer here because she's trying to get her bearings on the podcast, but you just jump in whenever you want, babe. No worries, Relationships, investments. So in terms of for you, what where do you see that? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for yeah. me? Relationship investments. Because it's your time. Mm-hmm. I just went a little further away from the microphone, but it's your time. It's your energy, it's your effort in terms of that. Yeah, so where are you investing your time and your energy and what do you want out of that relationship with that time and energy? Is that what 
yeah that yeah that's that's my question for you there um, because i know that a lot of people will get into it they go oh, when i when i get into a relationship my life will be perfect or it'll be great or i just met this guy and he's perfect for me and, and i go okay if you were investing into stocks what would you do or in your particular case it's housing and i know for you when you're investing into housing or something like that you know you do hours i mean you can do over 10 hours i reckon of research just to make sure you understand the property market, what's going on, whether it's great to buy in that area, what's happening in that area, what do they have? But people don't do that in terms of relationships all the time. And sometimes they go, well, that's, that's unromantic. And I go, well, you know, when you have a divorce, how romantic is that? Yeah, sure. So you asked me a question of how, what am I looking for in terms of investment? No, no, no. Uh, I wanted you to share your insights based on your knowledge in terms of what it is that our clients or listeners, you know, the importance of their investment and what they should be looking at, um, especially their sphere of awareness and, you know, cultures, society, friendships, all of these things. What should they be I think looking they at? they should be open and, um, you know, communicating with their partners very clearly about what their expectations are in terms of family, in terms of home life, in terms of what sort of lifestyle they want to live, um, both in financially, both in terms of where they would like to live. All these things, they play a role in your everyday. So if you're not ex- clearly explaining what you're looking for and actually working with your partner to come to some agreement that's fair in exchange, then you might feel like, one person is sacrificing something and that's the last thing you want to do in a relationship 100 percent, and it's just it's like we said before you you look at a house or something you spend all of this time because you understand the importance of that decision yet i've been with clients that almost got married within a couple of months or something and didn't even look at it it's this misunderstanding from the start of how much time energy effort and money is actually involved in a relationship and being realistic and looking at it and like you said asking those questions to then understand okay is this what i want to get into now if you are in a relationship you're still doing this as well because you want to assess your relationship just like a business and doesn't make it any more or less romantic it's just you look at a business with a clear set of eyes in a lot of cases so if you look at it and say okay where are we right now you know are we moving forward towards the goals and what's inspiring to us um how much time and effort is this relationship actually involved how much am i investing into this then also understand that the person that you're with has a certain sphere of awareness so you've got seven areas of mastery physical financial mentals social vocation and family and spiritual if i mentioned that so Renee has areas where she's amazing and savvy and that's her areas of mastery in life. Like when we met, um, even now, but when we met, I'd definitely say that spiritual growth and evolution wasn't very high on terms of your values, but career development and finances in terms of properties, they were very high on your values. And I plugged in some of those holes and you're helping me now as well as we look to purchase a property. And that's the beauty in the relationship. But having a look at those things in the relationship you know, prior to starting dating and saying, you know, where is this person at in their life? And then looking at all seven areas and where do they want to be? Where are they committed to? All of those things. These are all important questions to ask as well as looking at their culture. You know, what's the society that they live in themselves? You may be living in the same area, but they may have a different society in terms of standards. Who are their friendships? Who's their family? What's their family like? What's their family's expectations of you? And you're not going to get all these answers straight away. But you definitely want to do the research into all of these because for me, one of the most interesting things that people do is like four years into the relationship, they all of a sudden go, oh, well, you don't want kids or something. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, I wouldn't have been with you. And it's like, you've, you've got to take the time to go out and actually ask those questions. 
And doing that, I believe, like you said, not only sets realistic expectations, but it really allows the relationship to grow and evolve during those conversations. They can be make or break conversations, but the reality is if it, if it breaks, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of relationship phases, you've got the honeymoon, relationship, dating, and marriage in terms of then, you know, you have children and that in terms of the growth. So the honeymoon stage, babe, why don't you let everybody know what the honeymoon stage is? It's when you first meet somebody and you are obviously excited and you are a bit infatuated because there is so much chemistry going there that sometimes you can't tell the difference between lust and love and you get those butterflies and it's very easy during those stages to really look up to somebody and admire someone because you are constantly seeing those things that you felt were voids in your life that you really value. So you forget about 100%. the negative side of a partner because you have spent so much time looking for somebody with to fill that void in your life. And when they come along, you are just so caught up in the moment that you naturally put them up on a pedestal and you have to pick up yourself when, when and how you're doing that. Beautiful. So from there, you know, that's probably the seeing or getting to know each other. Um, or if you're on Tinder, that could just be the sex period where you just uh, swipe right, meet somebody and it's the honeymoon stage. But then eventually your relationship forms. So in the relationship phase, and I, I like to think that the relationship phase is kind of, it's that stage where you're seeing each other, you know, and it's such an interesting term, seeing, like I'm looking at you right now. Does that mean I'm seeing you kind of thing? But it's, <laughs> You've always thought that. It's, it's just... <laughs> Even when you asked me out. Yeah, yeah, that was a disaster. So do you want to <laughs> tell that story? I know it's going to break topic, but it's still a funny story. Why don't you tell that story? Well, we are very competitive in any game that we super play. Super competitive. We just become super tough and super competitive against each other. So we were lying in bed and we we're playing a game um, trying to make each other laugh and... And basically the game... So how long... What's this, like four weeks? Yeah, not that, not, not that long. long. Yeah. Into it. But um, it, trying to make each other laugh. And, you know, the competition was that you weren't allowed to laugh. You just had to keep a straight face. And the other person had to try really hard to make you break your straight face and laugh. So Emmanuel decided to ask me out in that moment of time. <laughs> but I thought he was only doing it to make me laugh. So the competitive side of me was like... I am not going to smile at this. And she I'm did not, not give smile any at all back because I want to win. Until I did realize that. So I, serious. I've never understood how to ask anybody out. I find it to be such a weird thing to do. Like I think that the only time it's ever really made sense to me was when I was a teenager. So like up until fifteen, because up until fifteen you could say, "Hey, do you want to be my girlfriend?" And that sounds like cool up until fifteen. But then I felt, well, maybe like 16, 17 or even 18. But I felt like after 18, you know, um, I, I felt I was going clubbing. I, I was I was more of a man now in terms of my responsibilities. So Renee just gave me a funny look like, ooh. <laughs> but I felt after that point, it was like, what do I ask? Is it, would you, I didn't want to be too formal. You know, would you like to take this to another level? It's like, what's the other level? Like, you know, the next floor from where we're standing right now or you know, or would you um, be interested in, it was just, it never felt right. Like I can't even get the words out now, but it just never felt right. Like I just felt it was such a weird thing to say. So I can't remember now off the top of my head what I said. Do you remember what I said? I don't I... know what you said, but I, I just remember that you thought I rejected you because I yeah, did so, not give you any expression in return. So Renee's kind of lying underneath me. We're kind of rolling around playing this serious game, but I'm trying to make her laugh or tickling her or whatever. And 
then I look her dead in the eyes because I remember the moment I kind of, I looked at her and it was, it was so bizarre. Like I, I didn't never really ask anybody out until like three or four months later, like I date women and they'd, you know, I'd pretty much periodically up by the three point mark, they'd three point, three month mark, pardon me. I'd hear this. Three yeah. Three points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or third base. No. Um, but yeah. So by about the three month, I could pretty much time it. There would be this. So what's going on with us kind of talk and you know and the heat would come on in the kitchen but after four weeks i'd been thinking about it for a whole week and just the connection that we had and i thought well you know you're in sydney and we're flying back and forth and i was like well where's this where's this going so i felt that i wanted to bring that forward and renee was just lying in bed and as she was looking at me she said this beautiful look and her little brown eyes were just all her big brown eyes were just looking at me and I went, wow, this, this woman's amazing. This is the moment. That's what I was thinking in my head, but I just went with it. And I remember I looked at you and I said something along the lines of, you know, I'd, I'd really like to take this relationship to the next level. And Renee being the competitor does not move an inch. Just looks me dead in the eye, stone cold. Pretty much the look that I get today. No, I'm joking, but, <laughs> but just stone cold. And I'm like, and in my mind, I'm going, Okay, I think you got rejected. Then I went, hold on, she's pretty competitive. I'm going to try again. And usually for me, I don't, I don't try more than once. Like it was just a thing that I had. It was like at the time, it was a slight bit of cockiness. And I went, you know what? I don't have a problem picking up women. If I'm somewhere at a bar or something, and if a girl doesn't go for me in the first time that I try, you know, hooking up with them or kissing them or talking to them, I'm just going to walk off because there's other women that are just as beautiful. But this was different because I'm not in a bar or a nightclub with a hundred other women. I'm actually interested in this girl. And as you find out, if I talk more about my relationship life, anytime I'm interested, I'm an absolute goof and I'm probably going to stuff it up. So I went, my head goes, I didn't, she's probably playing the game. Just ask one more time. So I, I said the same thing again, dead serious look. Now my mind's going, yeah, look, I think she's trying to give you a hint. <laughs> I think she's trying to reject you and you're just not getting it. And you're striking out really bad here. Like, it's really bad. Like, this is, I don't, this is going to go pear shaped. Another part of me just said, no, I'm feeling this. Like, I know she's feeling it as well. There's been a strong connection. And, um, and then I think Renee just kind of looked at me and she's like, are you being serious? Are you playing the game? I'm like, I'm being deadly serious. The game ended when I started saying, she goes, oh, okay. And just starts laughing. <laughs> I'm like, you haven't answered the question. <laughs> and I'm like, so? And she goes, and just gives me a kiss. She's like, of course, you dummy. So that's how we and I ended up asking you out, um, interestingly enough. So as much as I give advice to so many people, it's really interesting when you're in that position, what happens. So so that was the part where we went from seeing each other and into a relationship. And the relationship was a very different phase. Obviously, with every phase of the relationship, there's a different stage of growth and evolution. Renee was introduced to my family considerably quick. I think it was around then or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, shortly yeah. after. Shortly after. And um, Renee had come over. She was... I was going over to Sydney and she was coming back here basically every two to three weeks. And when Renee came over, one of the things that was happening was it was my sister's birthday. And I said, look, we've been dating for a short period of time. It's not the longest period of time. And I understand. Once again, I think we were just in bed as well. We'd woken up. So a lot of our conversations when we're lying in bed relaxing um and i said look my sister's having her birthday she's invited you because she knows we're seeing each other obviously you've never met my family i think you had at that stage i said but there's two options and whichever one you choose i've got no problems with it's really down to your level of comfort 
and I'll give you the benefits and the drawbacks of both and then you can make a decision and we'll go from there. I said, um, you're more than welcome to come to my sister's birthday. Obviously, you'll be meeting the family and her partner and their family and everything else. But if you come and you know you meet them, you can get it out of the way early. And I know Renee had had partners in the past where she hadn't really necessarily got along with their families. So I said, you can, you can put all your cards on the table to start off with and you may turn around and say, well, this isn't really what I'm looking for. But at least you know now, it's nice and early. I said, the drawbacks is you know, the pressure of getting to know the family and everyone. And when we're still getting to know each other to a certain degree. I said, and then the second stage is obviously, or the second option is that, you know, you might say, well, it's a little bit early. I still want to get to know each other before I invest into that. And I wouldn't mind waiting a month or however long. I said, if that's the case, that's fine. You just take my, I had a little Mercedes hardtop convertible at the time. I said, you just take the convertible and um, you drop me off. And then once you've dropped me off, you can go and hang out with your girlfriends um, and take the top down and enjoy yourself. And Ray's like, just looked at me dead in the eye. She goes, no, I want to meet your family. And that was, you know, the relationship stage where now we're starting to, you know, really make our own rules in terms of it's like things are a little bit more seriousness um, or serious in terms of what we were doing. So the relationship phase is where you actually start to now take the relationship could be exclusive. Some people don't take it exclusive, but you're going exclusively in most cases and you're actually starting to grow as a relationship and as a couple and you're starting to set goals and things that you want to do moving forward. Then from that, you know, and you call that the dating phase, but I like to think the dating is before that in the relationship. And then you go into engagement and marriage. So tell us about that. Engagement and marriage? Yeah. Well, we're not engaged or married yet. So. Even though we, we got <laughs> messages on Instagram saying, when am I going to put a ring on it? <laughs> Even though we call each other hubby and wifey. But, got a um, Mr. and Mrs. Cup. <laughs> engagement and marriage. And it's also marriage. It's, it's um, I mean, we talk about marriage all the time because both of us, we are not religious. So we do not have those cultural rules of marriage. It, marriage is... So we're trying to figure out what that means to us. Yeah. What, what does it mean to you in your relationship? I guess... It's, it's for some people it's that next level of commitment but um i feel like we've already got that level of commitment yeah so i mean and this even like talking to my dad i remember when he said you know he's such a funny guy because he's so old school and he goes you know in in my days we didn't used to try before we buy which basically what he was saying was you know that you had to you had to get married and then you could have sex and then you could move in with somebody and i went well that's for me that's the most absurd thing i've ever heard before because I'm the divorce rate's about 50% or 60%, mattering in which country you're from. And the cheating rate would also be involved in that. So there's such a small percentage of people that are actually fulfilled. And one of the reasons I've noticed that this can occur is because once again, people aren't doing their research. They're not getting to know the other person. So for me, there was no way. I, I, when I grew up, I went, I want to live with my partner before. I want to find out, do we get along? Because as you know, this sounds interesting, but I went to schoolies with some friends that I knew for six years and we ended up having arguments the minute we lived together. I've had free housemates and one of them ended with a friendship gone. So I realized that when you live with somebody, you're so in each other's space. That's a massive test. So for you and I, I mean, you know, like I was saying before, I mean, I'll let you continue with what you were saying about um, marriage and engagement. But for you and I, it's such an interesting concept because we don't know what that means. I believe celebrating love with the one and sharing that with the ones you love and in a moment that you've achieved a certain level within the relationship and um, you're committed to achieving more 100% and 
And that's really, you know, in terms of for us, where for a lot of people, it's, you know, it means that you're in a church and you've got your religious ceremony or your processes or things like that. Um, For us, it's not really, it's not an end mark. It's just another beginning of another mark. Yeah, it's just another chapter. And then kids is another chapter. And then God knows, you know, they're different stages of growth and development. But in a lot of relationships, that will signify a certain level of mastery when two people get together in that way. Then once that has been completed, it can go to the next phase, which is children and the growth and evolution, or it can go to divorce as well. So some people don't see that as a stage of the relationship, but everything has a beginning and an end. And that's why they say till death do us part, because it's when one of you is actually going to kill the other one and then you guys can part. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that's also a phase as well. And it's wise to know and understand all of the different phases and how to actually love and appreciate them all because there's actually a benefit in a divorce and people leaving as well i work with a lot of clients in those stages and at times that's when they're finally being fulfilled because they got into a relationship that wasn't actually that fulfilling Mm -hmm. but during all of these different phases there's levels of mastery that you can have and i know that one of the things that keeps this relationship so exciting is continuing to learn and grow how to have those different levels of mastery in each area so when we were dating each other i mean we had amazing hurdles you lived in sydney i lived in melbourne so you know we had we had a lot of different hurdles that we were trying to overcome correct yeah so um give me some you know for the listeners that don't understand what's involved with that in our early stages what were some of the challenges that you felt that we had in terms of locations or space or whatever Well, location was a big one because you lived in Melbourne and I lived in Sydney. So we needed to understand, you know, well, if we're serious about a relationship, what does that mean and who would be relocating and why and how would that be of value to both of us or something that we both wanted to do? Um, We also, and I think one of the great ways that we actually achieved a good understanding to conquer our challenges was that value linking exercise that we sat down one day and did together because when we understood what each other's values were, we were able to communicate our challenges and actually make decisions based on one of each other's values, which I found was really cool. So let me quickly butt in there. So for some of you, when, I, when we say values linking, you may not actually know what that means. Values linking means to take something and increase the value of it. And in most cases, you're doing it for things you don't value because the things you value, you're already got to go out and do that. So Renee and I, got a process that we do. We've been a little slack for the last um, couple of times. We haven't really pushed ourselves to do it as much as we did on the first time. But the first, we kind of set this goal that every four months we'd look at the relationship, we'd assess it, we'd see where it's at, we'd balance our perceptions of each other. And now we also look to do it as individuals. And then we'd link, we'd have a look at what our values were and where we were at that point in life and link them together. Because one of the challenges that couples face is that they change values. We're going to change. I mean, Renee's going through a change right now. I know I, the last six months I went through a change because family became one of the most important things of my values. And then Renee had the same thing happen. She's had that before. You've had it happen before when you had challenges in your family dynamics Correct. and family became, high. family became number one, but that had never happened to me. So during different stages of the relationship, if your partner changes jobs, you change jobs, you start hanging out with different people and you get different hobbies, you can completely change your values. And that becomes really interesting for the relationship dynamics because quite often when you start dating somebody, that's pretty much as much as you can imagine that person being. Or if you're infatuated about certain parts of them and then they change, what happens to the person that you were dating? That can be, lead to rocky roads. 
so I know for me with us and moving towards children, that, that's been a really interesting road because all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, if that's one of my highest values now, I'm actually a different person. So how does that reflect on you? What does that mean for you? Interestingly enough, you're part of family to me and you're part of that process, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that may have had the same meaning to you as well. So um, when we values link, what we actually did was we took Renee's top three values, my top three values, and we looked and for basically each one, we came up with a hundred ways in which they served each other. My first and her first, my first and her second, my first and her third, my second and her first, second, 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 third, you get where we're going with it and vice versa. It helped us picture life together. Yeah, because what happened was now all of a sudden, Renee's highest value at the time was sustainable fashion and mine was human evolution, development and growth. And to most people, they sound like complete opposites. So we took the time to say, because I didn't want to change Renee, I wanted to appreciate Renee for who she was and vice versa. So I took the time to say, okay, so how does Renee's sustainable fashion help me with human evolution, development and growth? And we just didn't stop until we could see the links and we did it together, which was a lot of fun. But by the time we were done, it was like, we just couldn't tell the separation between any of them. It was like everything that inspired you was inspiring to me. And I was grateful to be part of the process, but also appreciative. So yeah, anyway, I'll let you keep going. I agree. And that I think really made our lives emerge and gel really well. And we were able to use that. Still feeling it today. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, one thing that I think was a challenge for both of us was um, family. We both came from relationships where we weren't that close with our ex-partners, family. So in that sense, it was a void. And that was one thing, you know, going into the relationship that would have been a concern or as a challenge is how, how are those two families going to merge and get along and they, they freaking hate each other. <laughs> they really hate each no, other. They're just they're really well. It's they're just amazing. racist people. But I, but I do love how my mom pretended that she couldn't speak French. <laughs> oh man! So one day, so the day actually it was the day that Renee's mum was coming over to meet my family. So I once dated a girl called Amy, beautiful girl, really really nice. But her parents were so in terms of what they expected from me, the first interaction I think wanted to be one where we sat down or had a dinner or I just, you know, I, I spoke to them with a high level of respect in the way that they saw the model of the world, which I actually completely understand now. But at the time when I was 17 or 18, I was just kind of like, man, you know, like I dated women where their families just loved me and they do whatever I wanted. And, you know, they were really cool and kind of like Aussie and laid back and just walk around the house and kick back and, you know, talk to the families and everything. And I, I took that same approach and it didn't really work out. So from going from having that work out and then having that not work out and being able to see the balance, I said, you know what, I'm not going to take any chances. Um, let's get Renee's mum over. Let's introduce to my family. That way, each family can be really appreciative of the other side. And, you know, it's a, it was the first time that I was introducing a family to a family before. And you've done that before, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was the first time I'd done that. So, as Renee's mum comes over, she's told me that, yeah, I speak a little bit of French. And I was thinking at the time, I'm going to impress her with my French skills, which aren't even that impressive. I speak more Creole because I'm from Mauritius. And even though I came here at four and I spoke fluent French. So my grandpa calls and my grandpa reckons I've got the worst Creole and French. But if you don't really understand what I'm saying, it sounds pretty good. Uh, so <laughs> your mom gets on the phone and she starts killing it. Like her French is amazing. And it's so freaking good. My grandpa, basically, I think at the end of the call, is like, "One, she speaks better French than you. And I'm like, come on. So she set me up. <laughs> Your mom set me up. I was I was going to use that to impress her, and I, I had nothing at the end yeah, of that night. That's true. She was born in Tahiti. Her French was great, but 
Yeah. <laughs> Somehow she fooled you. She's completely. So I just don't trust her these days. Um, but, you know, so, yeah. So from there, we were working on that challenge. These are both voids that we'd had in previous relationships where we felt they hadn't really worked out to the level that we wanted it to work out for us because right. we could feel that there was something different in terms of our relationship. So we invested time into testing it and we tested that early to make sure that this was the right relationship for us. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I really, you know, I can't emphasize enough that it's about asking questions. I say this in other podcasts, but the quality of your life comes down to the quality of the questions that you ask. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Renee and I, you know, consistently asking is just even on the weekends, like we have a kind of set of questions that we naturally ask each other. What What are you inspired to do? Or what do you want to do this weekend? And Renee says the same thing to me. And then we take the things that we both want to do together. And we're like, great, let's do that here, here and here. And then we take the things that we're inspired to do about the other person. We go, great, when you're doing that, I'm going to do this other thing. And we just slot it in. Also, what are we not inspired to do? And what are we struggling with? And where do we need somebody else to um, some extra assistance? Or, yeah. And help each other, you know, in, inspire the other person to grow in a certain area that needs to grow. So the early part of our relationship was the distance. And I'd done a lot of work on jealousy and things like that because I remember in the past I had a partner that went to London, poor girl. Um, I was so jealous. I remember if she called late, I was like, she's cheating on somebody. That's it. She's found somebody else. She was there for like a month just hanging out with her brother. I think she did end up cheating on me with different people, but I literally made it like if she was 10 minutes late, she was basically having sex with everybody in London, which she had nothing to do with. So I remember that I'd worked on so many of those different aspects that I could actually date Renee because although she was in another state, I never really worried about that. Like people would say to me, aren't you worried that Renee's going to cheat on you? I go, oh, she does. I just see somebody else. Like, <laughs> she's, she's not interested in me. And I said, and if I'm cheating on her, then I'm not interested in her. Then that's, it's their signs to let me know what's going on. I can't do anything about it. I can just have a fulfilling relationship and offer the best package that I can. So one of the things that we worked on was, you know, how does this time format work out? When are we talking to each other? Um, you know, what's our routine per se that would allow us to really know where the other person is in terms of that day? And there would be days where we talk a little bit on the phone or text and other days where we talk a lot, but we usually we finish off the night talking to each other and um, sometimes in the morning we'd communicate sure. and see where we were. We learned ways to connect with each other and uh, one of them that we still carry through today is the I love you text pretty much every single day. Yeah, so I've almost died eight times, as you guys know if you've been listening to this podcast. So one of the things that's truly important to me is to make sure that my partner's know well anybody in my life really that I care about know how much I care about them so every single morning actually well pretty much even on weekends now because weekends. yeah because when um I've got a note in when my I'm still asleep you'll send me an I love you text yeah when I wake up even when you're in the kitchen in the other room I'll still write a message back yeah so um I'll get up a little bit earlier than Renee and I've got just these like kind of morning routine and it says um, send Bay an I love you message and I'll send one across to her that just says, um, I love you and share the things that I appreciate. And the whole idea behind that is you just don't know what's going to happen in any single day. And I want to share that love and gratitude every single day that I can. And that's with my family. I want to share that as much as possible and things like that too. So um, the early stages of that, we were sharing, you know, in terms of our challenges um, right now, but we were sharing a lot of messages and things to show the other person that we cared. But we also gave that other person an opportunity because with every blessing comes this perceived stressing and vice versa. So with the perceived stressing of living in different states, there was also this amazing, like when we saw each other on weekends, 
where some couples were like, oh, I'm so bored of seeing my partner. Like there wasn't that. Like we couldn't wait to see each other on Friday when I picked you up from the airport or I came from Sydney and you'd pick me up. And one day you even jumped in the air. Exciting. <laughs> and just walking and Renee just jumps in. She goes, babe. And everybody at the airport turns around. She kind of just jumped because I was there and I was like, okay, Naturally that was exciting. yeah, really cute. But um, we found ways to make it work and really appreciate it. I used to laugh and say, Renee's single and in a relationship and so am I. Because during the week, she's doing her Pilates and then she'll go for a walk and she's just got her own routine. You know, it's cocktails with the girls or whatever. But she's just got a routine where she's just really like self-fulfilling her soul needs. And then on the weekend, we do our stuff together, but we really want to see each other um, because we haven't seen each other for that long. Whereas, you know, today we can't stand each other. But um, <laughs> Jenny joking, but... That we made that really work for us. And well, we also learned really quickly from that that, um, you know, just because there's sometimes the smaller quantity gives you higher quality. You yeah, 100%. Really great quality in a short time frame. And sometimes higher quantity spreads the quality out. So if you're seeing someone back to back for, you know, 40 days straight, day and night, and you haven't left the house, the quality of that time together, it, it's not the same as if you haven't seen your partner for two weeks and then you just. You see them for the first time after two weeks, that quality goes up. 100%. And what we're looking for in our relationship is quality. Um, we like the quantity, but we know that being in the relationship now for four years, there are times that we just get busy doing stuff. And, you know, we, we individually have different parts of the relationship that we're managing. But having said that, I'm realizing that it's time for us to wrap this up. And I totally knew that this would be the case. So what I'm going to do is... We're going to continue and we're going to break this down into a couple of podcasts. So that way that you guys actually have the opportunity to hear from me again. Yeah. Hear from you again and get all of this because I knew this was going to happen that once you and I started talking, there was going to be so much that we were going to talk about that it was going to end up needing to be broken into a couple. So this is part one of our relationship mastery, could call it a series and we're going to leave you here, but we're going to keep recording and then we'll get part two together. And these will come out one week apart from each other. So you'll just have to stay tuned for more Bay. Okay. All right. Ciao, guys. Bye. For more information on Emmanuel's range of products, workshops, live events, and services, simply call 1-300-792-552 or go to www.emmanuelanthony.com.au. Your life truly is worth viewing, reviewing, and sharing, but you'll only give yourself permission to do so when you love every part of it. If you experience emotional baggage, mental challenges, grief, loss of vitality, relationship trials and tribulations, family breakdowns, mental illness, loss of direction, or simply desire assistance and clarity in your life, call us today for a free 30-minute consultation and let's equilibrate this area once and for all. We appreciate your time. Stay inspired.